We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me, cause I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Salt Ships and Scuttlebutt, a World of Warships podcast. We're in episode 62. We are in the month of May. It's Mother's Day here down in Australia. I do believe it's Mother Day, Mother's Day tomorrow in North America. So hopefully my co-host and um, their guests have got something for their significant others. And Green, welcome back. How are you doing, brother? Can you do me a huge favor? Sure. Can you not refer to my mother as my significant other? Can we just... Like, start that. Okay, thank you. Yes, I got her a candle. I, I I'm pretty but... sure I never referred to her as your significant other. But if you, you like, said get, you said get stuff for your significant other on Mother's oh, Day. True, true. I made a mistake. Get something for your mother. Thank you. Ugh, I'm I'm good. I'm sorry for not being here last week. I um. You were tired. Had... There's a lot on. Yeah, I had, I had my brother's graduation at 8 a.m. And it was two hours away, and my mom wanted to get there an hour early. Did you give him? Then, a, did you give him a wedgie? No. Um, are you kidding me? He's got two inches on me, and he's a footballer. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I like having functioning limbs. But um, no, it was a good time out. Good time at the family. Good time uh, off center. It's really nice to you know when you're locked at school all the time. It's really nice to be able to leave and you know spend some time at home see my dogs pet my dogs fair enough. so fair enough yeah now in about oh, less than a week in about a week I'm, I'm doing a special stream on twitch um a bit faster i'll i'll, I'll go through it on, on twitch but one of my goals i was going to do is eat some of this chili sauce and um it, on the back it says it's measured at thirty-five thousand scovilles and now it's not the hottest because i know they go into the hundreds of thousands but is that hot enough for a bit of like my wife and daughter decided to taste it because it's it's called shit the bed chili sauce. And I earmuffs. That, oh yeah, earmuffs. Um, sit the bed chili sauce, and um, my my daughter <laughs> literally ran around for half an hour drinking milk and juice and still complaining her lips were burning. So I um, had I had a half a million Scoville hot sauce that we had at the grocery store I used to work at, mm. and I, I was emotionally devastated. I drank a gallon of milk. And then quickly learned why you don't chug a gallon of milk. Why don't Because you throw up. You throw up. So, so what, um, was it worth having that, that chili sauce? No, optics, you can go. Uh, the trick to that is that you don't actually drink milk. You drink something like half and half. Because it's the milk fat that does it. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just drank a gallon of milk and threw up in front of the building I worked in at the time. But would you there eat that a, chili sauce again? After no, it wasn't scales? good. It was just hot. It was just painful. One of the we gave it to one of the deli people. We lied to him. We told him it was Tabasco, <laughs> and he he was like he stripped his clothes down and he was in the fetal position in the bathroom. He was not good. It was terrible. I he was like just shoving raw bread like just you know bread into his mouth to try and soap up all the hotness i felt terrible for him hey greedy next time you do a stream on twitch rather than genshin impact how about you for for donations you have some half a million scoville sauce that could be good i like that except i don't but i'll do it i'll do it too i'm, I'm here to entertain people through my pain and suffering exactly 
But um, this week we're not joined by one special guest. We have three special guests from your Z family who participate in King of the Sea Internationals. Who, can you introduce them, Captain Green? I hope you can introduce them. All right. Yes, and, and we, we have three guests here, as Griefer just said. Uh, hailing from Ingerland, we have Chuck Wama. Uh, hailing from Alabama land, we have Obi returning. And Optics from Oklahoma, I think. He's also returning. Don't so, you ever. Texas oh, you ever put that evil on me. Oh. You're, you're from the Foam Finger State. Have fun. <laughs> Chuck, congratulations on your new king. Oh, thank you, thank you. He's been waiting a long time. <laughs> no, just like you for internationals, no, but being um, yes. Since we haven't asked Chuck, I'll do this. Since you're from England and Greeny hasn't spent a lot of time in England, I believe. Are there any food or places of note that Greeny should try for his culinary delight? Uh, I don't think anyone's ever associated uh, England and culinary delights in the same sentence, uh, oh, at I, least for taste. No, no. I, 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 had, I had an English breakfast. I had an English breakfast. It was just, good until I got a lot to the of, beans. What, you're not? Big beans? The legend. What's wrong with you? They were good, except they were cold, because this was when I was in Germany. I had to go and, and do parental things with my niece and nephews. And when I came back, it was yeah, just cold beans. Cold not beans. Good. Yeah, cold baked beans not good. Got to have them warm. Um, got to get oh some. No, got to get some food. fish and chips. Some uh, nice battered fish, not this mushy pea stuff, but nice battered fish is quite good in England. Oh, a good mushy pea soup's good too, though. Mm. Mm. Yorkshire pudding, uh, nice fried. Ah, uh, they're all right. Not not my not my cup of tea, but uh, my family love them. I mean, they'll chow down on haggis, too, so I don't know what that says about them. <laughs> I've had haggis. I like haggis. Chuck, Chuck's not really British. Greeny's more British than Chuck. That no! is not true at all. No. Uh, yeah, no, food, I don't know. It's been a long time. You know, you can't go wrong with uh, bangers and mash and some spotted dick, you know. <laughs> you said dick. He didn't even say earmuffs. Um, so what got... well, it's a food. It's a noun in this case. <laughs> what got I you? Think, into I think a it's a noun delicious. in the other case too. It is a noun. That, that chuckles. Both English hard. Emails chuckles. Um, both of them spotted dick. Food and mm. other things. <laughs> I think he's also called me spotted dick. So you know, I think it just has multiple meanings. I think it's a term of endearment. Well, if he's mm. about you, why would you assume that? <laughs> we'll leave that one alone so chuck what got you into world of warships ah i um originally started playing world of tanks before world of warships was even released and when world of warships came out from the same obviously developer all my friends jumped to play the boat game and i ended up in the boat game fair enough never looked back and you, you obviously do you have an eu account or you came to na why, why na over eu forgive and forgive my ignorance if you've said that before uh, because regrettably i've not lived in the uk for for over two decades so i've been in north america since since the 90s dating myself so, so you're not really and it makes the most sense. You, you're not really English. i have a british passport i have a green card to allow myself to stay in this great nation how, how, did, how, did you, how did you guys let him have a green card? Um, it was just the cracks. The pity. Not only one, they allowed me to renew it to stay even longer. 
Yeah, I'm I gotta to make some phone calls. To, yeah, I gotta talk to somebody <laughs> about that. And send you home. <laughs> Uh, so I've got a special question for all three guests. It's a, it's a bit of a mean one, but what's it like to adhere to Captain Green as your clan leader? How do you let a barbarian on the couch in charge? Okay, before anybody answers this, this is not a threat, as I'm in a benevolent god, but your jobs are on the line and they depend on this answer. Go, have fun. We're just very happy that Green knows what he's good at and what he's not good at. He lets us uh, you know, run the competitive side while he uh, runs all the other things. Well, what are the other things to run if there isn't a competitive side? See, I was going to say, Green is much like King Charles. Looks good sitting on a seat, but really doesn't do anything else. I like sitting <laughs> Just a nice, good figurehead to put in charge and to blame when everything goes wrong. I look Green. good on money, too. <laughs> that's, that's another thing we have in common. Yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll just put it this way. I thought it was probably about two months before I realized he was the clan commander and not just, like, the clan mascot. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. Wow. I thought the mascot was the dog with the tie. Buddy. Oh, yeah, buddy. It's, it's hard to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> They both have places on the couch, if I recall. The, res yep. the, res the respect is there. No. Gre Greeny, I know, does a good job of organizing things, so I'm not, I'm not here to belittle him. So No, yeah. I, yeah I mean, that's a lot to little down, so, <laughs> so you got your work cut out for you. It's really like belarging him. No, but in, in, in all honesty, like the fact that somebody else can run all the administrative side of the clan and I don't have to deal with any of that and just focus on competitive, that's, I don't know, that's kind of huge. Me, so. Yeah, even drama. We do, like, we do appreciate Green. Like every clan's got their dramas. They got players that don't mesh or they have issues with others. I know Greeny will take care of that from your side, and for some of the other groups, or he'll chat with people. He so he does a lot of that behind the scene. He might not do the competitive side, but that people managing thing is is hard work at times. I'm 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 a very good administrator, and I'm not very good at the clicky boat game sometimes. Because I, I get that question a whole bunch. There's people like, oh my god, you're not playing on cots? Why aren't you playing in cots? I'm like, look at my recents. I'm kind of dog. Like, I'm not mm. good at the game sometimes. Only, so only just, sometimes. Listen, at Napoli Clan Battles game does not count. It is not an accurate reflection of me. It is much worse. My only knowledge of green... In, in clan battles is, you know, dev striking three ships in Moskva. So yeah. to me, he's a legend. Did he, he had a 100% uh, win rate. Uh, did he actually do that? Season. Yes, yeah, he did. He did. It was hilarious. I was the game. I it was the it. funniest thing I've ever seen. I, I, I have never seen Greeny do that strong. Like, he's murked for me dozens of times. And I once asked him the question of, um, I should have asked the, can you play Napoli? I said, do you have a Napoli? He goes, yes. I go, you're it. And he lost to some crappy boat. He got dev struck in the Napoli. It's like, what, why are you going broadside? That's really more of an achievement, honestly. Yeah, it really is. And then Jordan came that around the corner skill. and beheaded the Stalingrad. Oh, it was great. <laughs> now, see, we, we kept it simple, Grace, but we just said, sit on rock. Yep. So it was just like putting him on a couch. I, I have learned. I have learned. <laughs> I have learned. <laughs> the couch analogy, yes, yes. So, yeah. But yes, they just kept throwing themselves at him and he just kept shooting. And he was like, look at me go, three kills, three dev strikes, I could do anything. His clan battles PR is like a million. Yep. 
Yeah, so, after, after that game, I had, I had resident epoxy and PTA reaching out. Definitely. <laughs> so has he has he retired from his competitive play, or have you been getting some of his yeah, we key did, we didn't input? see him after that night. Yeah, he's one and done. Are you going to get some of his key input for the next clan battle season, where it's tier eight and tier nine combined? I'm. St I always try and play at the beginning of seasons, but I'd argue that my my biggest strength is knowing my limits. That's fair. Um, because there's a lot of clans where everybody looks to like the leader to always be. Oh, you know, always doing all the comp stuff and and do, doing everything. When my approach is more of why would I do something not as well when I have other minds who are more acclimated to doing this task? Mm. By the by, the way, Greeny, um, uh, after your couple runs with Bonks PP4L, I'm hoping to be running. So hopefully we get four people in it going. We might need a Merkel too. So I'll be leaning upon your murking skills so you can have your 100% win rate in bonks and then you can show yep. us how good you are. There we go. I'm there. But yeah, I, I, I put people where they will flourish. That is that is what I do well. And that's the only reason I'm in the position I'm in. I'm very fortunate. I'm fortunate enough to have great people along with me for the ride. So... Yeah, no. And how, how, when it comes to divvying out steel from your treasury, what kickbacks do you accept? I, you give stuff from the treasury? Yeah, I was about yeah to say. I've never gotten anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's gotten it. Oh, no. I gave it to one person who was like, yeah, I'm 200 steel short. Holy shit, I have 32,000 steel. I thought we weren't supposed to swear. God. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Look, you know, uh -huh. suddenly come tomorrow, it will be like, oh, the treasury's only got a thousand steel. I don't know where thirty-one thousand went to. I, don't know I have, happened. I have a Shikishima now. You guys <laughs> have nothing. Consider <laughs> uh, <laughs> payment for my services. Oh, clans don't function well when that happens. But um, uh, ten, ten. Wait, is that ten thousand steel for every death strike he got in the Moscow? Yep, <laughs> it is. I'm, I'm paying my own salary. I'm like Ronaldo. I went off to the UAE. I'm going to get a billion dollars for doing nothing. <laughs> that is pretty funny. That is pretty funny. You, you know you've got treasury, so you've got coal, you've got steel. Do you have even doubloons in yours? No. No. Fair enough. We're not, we're not SCCC, unfortunately. Ah, uh, the coffers. The coffers of the good times. I have 100,000 coal. I do a lot more coal giving out, and I, and I always try and do the... Uh, Super like oil super containers and all that but no I've, I've i haven't really given out steel all that much yeah the last time green gave someone steel it was the year 2022 it was you, you should give every, I gave, you should I give everyone bear. you should give everyone in the clan 100 <laughs> steel each and that way it'll make them happy no no i i this is my personal embezzlement fund that's what this is Oh, wait, you gave Bear for that comp that I ran, wasn't it, for the subs? I think so. Yes. Yes, it was. We won't talk about that. That's, yep, that's what it was. And then Mr. Pickles before, because we put it up to a vote, he wanted 5,000 steel for uh, in comp, I think. And that was the year before. <laughs> they're, they're pretty tight with the purse strings. So if, you, if you're looking to join a greeny, he has steel on offer. No, see, here's the thing. You can earn a lot of steel during the clan battle season. You can. Just get it then. This is mine. This is my 10%. I skim off. 
Wait, is that 10%? I don't know. I don't what, even know how Seal gets. I don't even know how Seal gets in here, truth be told. I, I don't. This is weird. <laughs> from your clan battles. From your clan battles for, for their final standing. You get clan- <sighs> Yeah, no, I usually have uh, Dire do all this. This is confusing to me, and these numbers hurt my head. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll move on. Thank you, Greeny, for that. I um, can make a joke there about that Dire comment, but I won't. So I've added something different. So, like, what are we doing in World of Warships at the moment where, like, we all play for different reasons? I know we've had recently King of the Sea. We've got Clan Battles coming up soon. I will play that. I've got Rank that I, yes, yay and nay play depending on my whims because I get frustrated. So what are we doing in Wales when we do log in? Are there any drivers? Do you have a fun boat to play? For me personally, I'm doing the, um, for my ult my main, I'm doing the Dockyard. So I'm just going through those missions. And on my main, I've reset the Italian... Uh, cruisers just for research bureau points i'm playing those and doing the dockyard but leaving ranked at the moment and um yeah there's there's not much else i'm I'm not playing more than probably about four or five games per day so i'm not spending hours and hours upon it gentlemen greeny i am booting up looking at boats for an hour and then i get depressed and then i log off but i've been doing that with a lot of games lately um, in terms of like actual grinding, I want to get the USN hybrids. Okay. But I've been told the Nebraska is terrible and the Delaware doesn't seem all that much better. Louisiana seems good, but I just need to get the free XP to just reset the uh, research. I, the I would line. still grind them. Nebraska's look, Nebraska can be not great, but. She doesn't have a rear turret, so you could just hug an island and poke your front guns out, or you can climb yeah. type thing. Like, play them in ranked. Um, get, play a few games, because it'll at least give you an understanding of how the line plays. Yeah. I'm also doing the uh, IJN Haragumo reset. Oh, the, the lowest XP grind. Yeah, because I, I want to get... Um, I got a Colbert. That was the last research... Or research bureau ship I got, and I forgot what I'm trying to get now. A vampire, but um, it might be uh, Drew. I think it was either Druid or Vampire, Illinois. Uh, Siegfried doesn't interest me. Gibraltar is the funny boat, and Sevastopol is what? Who would not like the Gibraltar? We'll get to that later. It's <laughs> called foreshadowing. Um. Paolo and Hector, I have no interest in, in grinding out Tier 9 Research Bureau ships. It just seems funny to me. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy the the daring a lot. I haven't played it in a bit, but I enjoyed the daring when I did play it. So the Vampire is kind of high on my list. Druid for the same reason. And Illinois for funny, haha, hee hoo 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 Iowa 8-inch guns. That's going to be kind of quirky. Yep. Optics Chuck, um, Obi. Are you grinding or um, doing any? What, what do you when you log I'm, in? What do you want to do in the game? Honestly, I'm kind of taking a break right now, just because like with the with how on top of each other clan battle seasons and cots and stuff are, it just kind of uh, I, I've kind of spent too much time on the game. Yep, as it is, so I'm just like trying to take a little break. Hint, hint, wargaming, please give us more time between seasons. I actually yeah. think this is a long break. This is the longest break we've had for a while. But you guys have been playing a lot of COTS. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I'll, the prep time that goes into COTS is just insane. Yeah, I was going to piggyback off that. I I kind of burned out mm, right about the time we made Hurricane last clan battle season. 
and I still haven't all the way recovered. So for several weeks now, I've been in the mode of, I just need to stay fresh for COTS. I just need to stay fresh for COTS. I'll play a few games a day just to make sure I don't, you know, I'm not going to leave the team high and dry. And then I log off and, you know, work's been busy too. And mm. yeah, I haven't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the vampire too. I have a six times reset on a Harugamo now. So um, I could get it instantly if I wanted to, but I just haven't. I'll get it eventually. I don't need it yet. Chuck? Um, I'm a little different to, to optics than uh, Obi. Uh, when I log in right now, it's usually because I'm going to play with people. So whether that's brawls or, or divs, um, I'm usually just going to kind of play to tens, have fun with the people I'm playing with, and just kind of enjoy the, the people I'm playing with. Um, with the game being the media in which I do that. Um, so That's I've been just enough. kind of putzing around with my, my tier 10s. I've enjoyed playing Yamato a lot recently with the, the new lacquer camo. Oh, that is a beautiful I, camo, isn't I, it? I do, it is. And I do thoroughly enjoy doping around in the Shima and just throwing walls of torpedoes at people. Um, you didn't enjoy your, your motto last time we played in a div and you got one shot by a Prussian. I, Things happen, you know. Some sometimes the RNG falls in your favor, and you you know you put six shells into the water at 4K, and he puts all eight into your your cheek. You know it happens. <laughs> sometimes you know it just doesn't work. Sometimes you lose some, then you lose some. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But no, and you know I'm not really grinding anything. I'm in that indecisive mode where I don't really know what I want to focus on. Um, I finished the hybrid line that Greeny referenced uh, during the last CB season. And now I'm sitting looking at it and asking myself why I did that. Because I suck at playing uh, anything involving planes. <laughs> so, oh, you, don't, you, you can get good, ask Greeny to teach you how to play CVs. Yeah. Your job will depend on how you answer this question. I'll ask him, and then I'll ignore everything he says. How about that? <laughs> That's acceptable. No, the I actually the the way I learned how to play with the hybrids was actually me just hard crutching on Kaga and learning roughly and getting to to understand the mechanics, which is something I honestly recommend because I got a cure sarge uh, before I started playing CDs. And I would just always miss the rockets. I, I would dump them into the water. I'd dump them into the armor belt. It, I just wasn't able to really do that. And then I, I played like 60 Kaga games in the span of like a week. And it, it, it finally clicked um, both the rockets and, and the bombs. And I, I honestly really recommend that because the, the U.S. hybrids, from what I've seen, have been able to do a lot of very nasty things to ships. You just need to, look, to know where to place the bombs. Yep. Yeah, and for the next month, I must say, I I don't do this on stream, but I take a perverse pleasure in divvying up with people and taking the T6 French CV out and absolutely trolling enemy T6. Yeah. Oh, that, that thing is not okay. <laughs> I no, that love, thing's perfectly okay because he just griefs the other CV. I love griefing the others and DDs with those skip bombs. Like I, I have half hit point a Cossack at tier eight. I'm sure he. Then I killed him. I'm sure he enjoyed the experience of not being able to do anything um, and just trying to dodge, and he just gets dominated. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I I do have special special things, and um, I'm one of these other toxic people that now enjoy eight nine nine divs um with a CV ah. and like two massages. Yeah, a lot of the tier eight line CVs actually scale up pretty okay into tier eight, uh, into tier nine and tier ten games. Like, a Lexington's not gonna instantly die. Same with a Shokek. I mean, you you, you know, you, you still have standoff capabilities. It's a lot of the tier eights that really just do not like up tiers. Yeah, because a lot of them have just like tier six aircraft. Yeah, so they they just instantly die. And like it all depends on the CV, then knowing where where and yeah. what to strike. Yeah, we was playing the other day with a couple of the Bonks guys, and we weren't running eight nine nine. We were doing ten ten ten, but uh, we did uh, remove a CV from the game inside uh, about a hundred seconds. <laughs> God uh, bless. We, we were running uh, Yamato and Shiki with a carrier. Uh, it was good times. We then promptly proceeded to lose the game. <laughs> I, I, I have seen lots of CVs die first over the journey, but I have never seen a CV kill a submarine in under two minutes if he just spots and somehow can blow him up. That would be something I'd love to see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. Um, PSA, public service announcement, 12.4. That will be coming time. Next couple. Of I think weeks. it's next week. Next week, it, it it won't be too far away. Yeah, it'll be next week. Uh, this week coming, it'll be the week after because I think we have one more mission chain on um, the weeklies for um, the battle pass. I was looking at that. I calculated we've got another week to go, so still we'll get another podcast in before that. So, um, okay. final call. Second last final call that the A-Gear, Groningen, Azuma, and Hayeta are leaving as free XP. If you're interested in getting them and you don't want to waste your coal on them, and get them while they last. Um, and we do have a winner. I finally checked the email for our ship scuttle, but in Greeny, we have a winner from the question where you were last on of um, the boat that was last launched or commissioned. What boat was it? And we do have a correct answer. Ooh, what was that correct answer? And what did our lucky viewer win? Uh, the answer was HMAS Vampire was launched on 27th of October 1956, which was uh, just after Colbert and Forrest Sherm Sherman. Yeah, I had a lot of Colbert's and Tiger 59s, and a lot of people were very upset when I said no. <laughs> We've got to, we've got to come up something for the winner. It's uh, we'll, I'll send them more than a code. I'll send I'll I'll reach out to the winner and I'll send them I'll send them something more than a code. So mm. I'll, I'll find I'll find a something from the prize pool. Let's make it a T seven boat to that lucky winner. I'll message them. Dang. And um yeah, and they oh, they got a few other questions in as well. I have been lax on reading that, so they'll get some codes as well. So congratulations okay. to that winner. Yeah. Um, moving on. Positioning tips. Um, a lot of players, like, I, I try and sometimes teach newer players on positioning, island hugging, and so forth, but for randoms or clan battles, what is the importance of positioning? We, we can actually ask Mr. Moskva himself of three devastating strikes in clan battles. Um, different classes, positioning, what do you recommend? Like, you guys can pick and choose what you think would be most informational. 
and how do you determine when to kite because i've seen a lot lately in random games where teams are just kiting forever and one side gets three caps and they never turn back in to re-engage so when do you determine to kite as a position and when should you push back in like or should you and so forth just generic tips that might help out the players so something oh obi do you want to go i see you lighting up oh no that's just background sorry i'll turn your volume down go ahead no you're fine i um the the main thing and again i'm just going to speak from one one type of play the only type of clan battles play that i'm relatively good at and that is being a moskva slash petro slash stalin slave um and the one thing that always is at the forefront of my mind is what can shoot me and from where in terms of hugging an island that's a little bit easier because you know you, you have the island to one side of you you can you know you can kind of ignore part of the map in terms of cross shots and and, and damages and stuff um and another thing that you really need to do is you need to make sure you need to be positioned tight enough that you can't get arced over the rock but not so tight that you're constantly running aground whenever you're maneuvering next to that rock or island or whatever um that is that is what separates the boys from the men uh, too many times have i gone around the corner of an island during a push and i see like a moscow ass or uh, earmuffs a, a moscow rear end or a dm rear end or, or something like that that i i can just immediately rip into with my ap um a lot of islands are relatively curved enough that you can mitigate what's when something when you know you're getting rushed you can mitigate the amount of guns on you you can prolong um the amount of time that you know the least amount of guns are on you uh they, there's a lot of things that you can do to manage that and that has to be one of the one of the best kind of positioning or one of the best ways to play on a rock yep. is, is always attentive and um if you if you do Mindful. back up if you do have to back up don't back up in a straight line try and turn around the rock because that, that's what yeah, that, that's if rock. you can hug the rock because some players i've seen just keep reversing and they then either show their side or they they're still getting focus fired because by yeah. reversing in a straight line they remain lit um that works in clan battles um if in randoms that can work very well but if there is a cv or two in the game just you have to be aware of what the enemy CV can do. Like if it's something that's got great AP or torps are going to wreck you, you can't hug a rock. Um, yeah, because you, you, the CV is going to just see you as food and to come for you easily. I was a Moscow player in the MBR season. Um, it put me on suicide watch. the The amount of damage that you can eat in a lot of these large Russian cruisers. Um, when it comes to AP carriers and, and torpedoes and stuff is monumental. Um, it's really easy to, you know, kind of ignore cruiser guns in a Moskva or a Stalin, especially a Moskva, because you have the, the shorter duration fires. Uh, you have good plating all over the place, so you can really ignore cruiser guns sometimes, depending. Uh, obviously, this is all if you're properly angled and stuff. I'm not saying just show broadside. That'd be moronic. That's um, why I heard. Okay, <laughs> I need to drink more of this coffee. Uh, Greeny, Greeny sometimes shows broadside, but we we don't show those clips. No, I, there's a never mind. 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking now and, and re regain my thoughts. How about one one of my minions go? So when I'm when I'm approaching how I'm gonna play the game, right? It's almost just a list of decisions you have to kind of step through. If you're in a destroyer, what kind of destroyer are you in? Are you in something that can contest caps easily? Are you in something that's maybe a little easier to spot? But once you go through those questions, then you have to look at the other team's lineup. Do they have something that can do what you're going to do better? So let's say I'm in a cruiser, like right, like a Des Moines. A Des Moines can open water, or you know, traditionally it's played against an island and in kind of covering a cap or cutting off a choke point. Do they have something that can prevent you from getting where you want to play? So if they have maybe a couple of Clebears or a CV, odds are you may not get to the island or get as deep into the map as you want to. So you either have to choose to kite early or take a very safe route to get to where you want to go. I've, I think it was a big shift in how I play as a player when I stopped making my decisions based upon what everyone said the ship was supposed to do. Like, oh man, you know, Shima's supposed to go out on the flanks and and torpedo or whatever. Or, you know, you know, Des Moines always hugs an island. Well, open water Salem or Des Moines is really powerful. And I think Annapolis has shown just how powerful that can be. Now, you know, take away the funny button, but the point still stands. When you can start to step through those and maybe look at the concealment circle that you put on your mini map. And as you're approaching you talked about when you know when you need to know to turn out as your circle as your concealment circle is approaching the opposite position of the enemy destroyer right because you can kind of gauge where the enemy destroyer could be based upon how deep your destroyer got into the map as your circle's getting close to there and you're about to be spotted now it's game time do i commit to the push or is it time to start turning out and kiting if that makes sense Something else I kind of want to piggyback off that quickly, and the caffeine's kicking in, so I'm starting to think like a functioning human being. Um, another thing that I, I always stress, and this should be something that's overarching, not just for positioning, um, but think in advance. World of Warships is one of those weird games where you can die very quickly because of a mistake you made minutes I'm earlier. I'm so glad you didn't say it was the thinking man's action game. No. I was about to go. No, I thought it was coming. No. Oh. Think think ahead. Think proactively. Instead of, okay, I'm going to go into this cap in my DD, for instance. Think, okay, what's in this cap if I go in there that can shoot at me? What do I think the angles might be? Are there going to be torps? Is the CV near me? You need to think ahead before you do a lot of these actions. And that, that's always something I like to, to stress. Yep. And I didn't mean to cut Obi off, but... No, no, like I mean, I that, was, that was pretty much the, the end of, of my little analysis. I mean, I could go into depth about how to play destroyers of, of all shapes and sizes, because that's what I do. But I figured, you know, I'm not everyone out there is a destroyer main. So I, I kind of gave my advice in a more general sense. Yeah, yeah it's really hard. And that, that's what I say to people as well. When you're playing a ship, you can't always use the same rules just because of a class. It's BB or Cruiser or DD, because... Most ships have different gun calibers, reloads. They have different detects and speeds. So you really have to... And you can do different builds. You can do, like, when I play Seattle, for example, 
I don't play it as an island hugger because um, you always have to shoot your gun. So I build it, I think, from memory for range, but with steering gear mod 1, steering gear mod 2. So I can just sit at 15, 16, 17Ks and just spam my HE open water. And if they shoot at me, you just dodge. Like, um, it, it, like yes, it has a 9K radar you can get in there, but you can't position if you're caught out type of thing. So... A lot of people build their boats differently, but um, it's it's more how how you're going to position that boat for your build and what it can do. Mm. For me, I think I'll, I'll try to keep it more general, but I think there's like certain rules of thumbs that you want to go into a game with. Like, for example, being wide is good, um, and then also at the same time, you have to know when that doesn't apply. Like, so, for example, if you're in a Burgone, uh, being wide is usually going to be really good. If you're in a Vermont, you probably don't want to go wide just because it's going to take forever. Um, that said, the reason why wide is good, uh, it's because that's typically a flank. But the converse of that is, uh, it, this is a, a joke that kind of gets thrown around with the whole central battleship positioning from Flamu. Um but it is a legitimate place to be because if everybody on the enemy team is on a flank, then by default, uh, the center of the map it becomes a flank, like a de facto flank. I understand that. Definitely that works on really, like Colorado and the, the Faddle ships, I always think work better when they're more central. When they go up a flank, they just take so long to reposition if they have to. I think the other thing I would say is probably just playing around your team as well. Um, like, you can decide, oh, I want to push, you know, this flank, but if everybody else on your team is turned out and running away, that's not going to work out well for you, so... No, no that, that's reading the minimap, and that's hard. Sometimes they all start pushing in, and you're in a BB, you might be third in line. You, you take a few salvos, you look around, and your DD is 5K sailing the other way behind you for some reason. Yeah, it's actually really easy to sort of lose track of what's happening in the sense of, like, you might be on a flank that starts pushing, and then you know, little by little, like, the ships that are with you start turning around or start dying, and then all of a sudden you're kind of alone. Um, and because you were busy, you know, zoomed in on your on your scope and you're shooting other ships, you don't realize that everybody else has sort of left and you don't have any support. So it's it's sort of important to, like, always be free-looking, you know, between salvos if you're in and like slow firing ships like battleships and some cruisers uh maybe every two to three salvos if you're in like a fast shooting ship like a destroyer yep um and then just always be like checking your mini map and making sure that what you had in mind still makes sense periodically any other tips anyone has besides um there's no real defense against submarines when they come shotgun you <laughs> of course there is it's uh ult f4 <laughs> I don't think that's a defense as much as just waving the white flag. I, I think I think that's you know that's just you molding and coping. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, especially, I, I I wanted to bring this up because I've seen of late a lot, especially at tier tens, people are doing well. They're kiting, but sometimes they're kiting when they've got six ships and you're you're pushing in with three, like. You shouldn't be kiting when you dominate the other team with numbers um, at times. And, um, and when you concede all the caps, it's very hard to come back from that. 
Yeah, it's like a it's like a map awareness thing, right? Like if you should be able to recognize if you are on the enemy team's strong side or weak side, and then based on that, whether you should push. Like if you have numbers on your side of the flank, then you should probably be pushing that flank. Yeah. Um there there's obviously things that complicate that. Like if they have I don't know, two Yu Yangs or something that are constantly dumping torpedoes and yeah, it's not really pushable, so then you start looking at rotations. That's fair enough. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge for randoms in that type of scenario is yes, three ships are pushing you and six of you are kaying, but if you're the one to turn in and push, you will be the one that gets farmed out and dies. That is, that is true. Doesn't do it together. So you have to almost try. And yes, it's random, so it's near impossible to get some level of coordination if you want to do something like that. Because it's very hard once you start kiting to to unkite if the rest of your team, as Optics alluded to, and Obi just keeps walking away from you. Yeah, you know, you're then left as the 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 free food at the you know at the table. Well, especially when you've got your DDs, you they might they might not be complete vision DDs, but if they're sailing away with your bbs now closer to the enemy there's something generally wrong with that as well so it makes them very hard um for any bb to push into dds and cruisers and bbs when they're going to be just be easy food and and optics touched on a lot of it is being being aware of the mini map and and kind of you've got to play around your team it's all well and good to say i want you know i want to contest this cap but if the people on your flank aren't going to be there to support you then you're really going to be wasting time effort and and your own hit point uh, to try and do that so you just have to realize that okay that's not how i get to play the game this time i've got to to adjust how i'm going to play last pro tip i'm going to give um chuck just mentioned it. it's called the mini map it's in your bottom right hand corner and if you use your control key in game you can move your cursor click on the cog wheel that's above the mini map there's such things of um, show ship name and last position, so they turn grey where they were last spotted. Turn them on. They're, they're very helpful to know. Um, you can count ships, like there's generally 12. You can count how many are on a flank. You can see there used to be even a mod on Aslan's and Mod Station that would put a counter next to each ship of when they were last spotted. You can go to that extreme, but the minimap... Gives you a bucket load of information. Please don't ignore it. Yeah, I think of the the mini map as almost a a World of Warships chessboard. You can see where all the pieces are, and you, you're going to say where they were last action game. No, no, I wasn't. Not <laughs> not in this reference. Uh, but there are quite a few, as you mentioned, mods on on Mod Station and Aslan's that can put a lot of additional information on the minimap that can be very helpful yep. um, both for competitive game modes but also even just for randoms knowing detection circles radar ranges stuff like that so that you know when you when you're frantically pinging you know intelligence data for a radar um and you have that you might actually realize that radar is a waste of time yep. because it doesn't cover what you think now we're going to talk about a mod a new mod um it's it's hit points on modules and i must say this mod maker um escaped from tarkov he has some of the best mods in the game and wargaming should employ him for the amount of mods on the asia forum that he creates they are just phenomenal 
and this one i didn't know about this i've been playing this game for seven years so he's created a mod that shows you your hit points on your torpedoes your aa mounts and your secondary guns because we all knew they had hit points and I don't know about you, gentlemen, but I assumed that they were a set hit point for your tier, like like your fire chance. Every, everything's set. Like well, That uh, would make too much sense. That, that would make sense. But running this mod, people became aware of that when you load into a game, like each torpedo um, launcher has a different hit point value <laughs> that's RNG-based. Um so you could have one torp tube that would be worth 300 hit points, the one next to it worth 2200. So sometimes when you take your first HE salvo and your torps are incapacitated, then destroy the next one, it's like, oh, well, it must have been a good hit or something. You never think of that, but it could be because they had really low hit point pools. Gentlemen, were you aware of this feature before this mod? And um, thoughts on this mod in general? Do you think, I, I think it's been a great mod. Like it's opened up my eyes. So I didn't actually know that the reason we found out about it was because of the mod. I just saw like conversations about it, but um, that is definitely a mod I'm going to be looking at because I would like to know if when I load into a match, my torpedo tubes are going to get destroyed. Yes, and on which side. Yeah. So but I don't think I ever have said that I was aware that they had random hit points, but I will say that it always did feel at various times that everything felt a lot easier to knock out than other times. So it did feel that there was a degree of RNG somehow. Yep. I will also say that, uh, you know, I've played probably over a thousand games of Smallland at this point between clan battles and everything else. Um, I love Smallland. I, le I legitimately don't think I've ever lost my three launcher without losing my five launcher first. Probably yeah, I, I could ever. agree with that. So, I don't uh, think I've maybe, ever lost maybe this, maybe this mod will help me understand why that is. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and it's simple. Ah. The five is bigger than the three, easier to hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> simple so, logic, right? And therefore has less hit points. Exactly. <laughs> this past King of the Sea, um, there was a, a moment where I was running down in Ohio. And when I turned broadside to get my torpedoes off, one of my, I think I was in gearing, one of my racks of five was totally destroyed, not knocked out, hadn't been knocked out the entire game, hadn't been disabled at all, was knocked out by a single Ohio secondary shell. <laughs> and that happened like the weekend after all this broke on Reddit. Oh, no. And I couldn't help but thinking I just rolled like a one on a D&D &D roll, right? Like I just, I must have got like a 350 HP torpedo tube and i went back and asked for the replay and there were some wargaming people who wanted me to send it to them uh because i guess word got to them through some coordinators and i went back and watched the replay and at most the whole battle i had taken two harugamo shells and uh this the single ohio secondary, secondary. so at max that's like what 800 damage 900 damage hmm. so i definitely rolled at worst case rolled like an 800 a uh, tier 10 uh 800 hp torpedo tube and i think that's just stupid can you imagine going going forward in cots someone may call a mulligan because if they have one club air or one dd in their lineup that they need and it's got 300 torpedo hit points they're gonna go mulligan we have to re-roll rng to see if they get a good one 
just have somebody alt F4 be like, oh man, Chuck crashed. <laughs> not, not, but look, with the rules, you can only have one mulligan per series, so you don't really want to abuse it. But I, I, I honestly was not aware of this until the mod I, came out and the storm hit Reddit. And um, I, I think it, I, I don't know how we've gone unaware of this for so long. I just don't understand the reasoning. I, I think we went this long because it just doesn't make any sense. So nobody was even looking at it. Yeah, no one from a, from a programming choice, it seems very interesting to pick why why randomized HP yeah. for modules when you have static HP for things like main guns. For saturation purposes, what if what if they applied that logic to hull saturation oh, on destroyers? I would, I would not like that. Yeah. It makes no sense when you apply it to any other aspect. So why did they choose to do it to here? But th this makes more sense when you have a monster secondary Massachusetts or Schlieffen or something like that, and you, your secondaries are mounting and you're taking HE and you're not dying. And same with your AA, where other games, you're in a GK, and after the first two minutes of copying a bit of HE from a Colbert, your secondaries are half dead. Yeah. It just, it makes... I don't understand why they made that decision. It's there. It's it's out in the open. I, I don't know if they're going to change any of this. Um, I do think it has massive implications on relying upon these. Torpedo is probably the, the most impactful because you can remove boats with, with lots of different ways, clebs, etc. But secondaries and AA, why build into systems that we get told, oh, don't dodge, just build AA, but why build into something that has an RNG factor built into how they're even have hit points? So I, I really think this is a bigger cry that we should be able to repair these torpedo mounts, damage secondaries and AA mounts. With If you've got heals in the game, it should increase your... Um, ship hit points and all your mounts as well by percentage yeah and i mean so we've joked about king of the seas and you know calling mulligans for this kind of thing but obi's case was an extreme case where it, it gets knocked out by one ohio secondary but i mean i've been a part of many games where you know you lose a, a torque tube on a destroyer and you're just gimped for the entire game or you yeah, lose yeah. two over the course of a game and it, it changes the outcome of games and you know, we keep talking about, you know, the implication being that, you know, uh, WoWs is esports ready, but then you have things like this in the game. Like, Well, as, as you said, main battery mounts have a set hit point. They're like, they don't change, but torpedoes, which are a primary armament for some vessels, they, they shouldn't have a random hit point. They should be set as well, at least. Yeah, exactly. And I mean... I think the thing that kind of bothers me the most about it is the reality is that yes, there's RNG involved in this game, but as far as the important RNG goes, aside from this, um, that just came to light with the torpedo tubes, um, it was predictable RNG, I guess, like the dispersion of your shells, like, you know, they're going to disperse in a certain way or at a, you at least know the maximum. So it doesn't really affect how you aim. It just affects the result of your aim. Um, you can kind of deal with that. Yep. But losing a torpedo tube in an important game, especially one that's like in King of the Seas, like a major tournament, like you might literally be swinging the outcome of a game based on RNG that you can't even like plan for, really. No, you can't. 
You truly cannot. Uh, like in a club, you lose your left side top side, and you need to make a rush on your left side. Suddenly, that rush isn't as viable because you just don't have the, sh- the right side still up. And Chuck, I think that's a great point because how often do either our destroyer players or enemy or our cruiser players aim like hold your salvo for the the rushing destroyer to like give you a little bit of broadside but we like you aim for those torpedo because you know you could at least disable them but now there's an even higher like now that we know that's a thing it's like hey i might get lucky what if they had a bad rng roll i can just destroy it (laughs) and we we have seen it sometimes we've seen cuts previous seasons where a club does a rush and someone shoots he disables and then the player goes afterwards my torpedo tube was destroyed and Everyone just accepts it, but he could have had a really poor RNG hit point pool. Yeah, yeah, it takes a a, a what, a basically a, a rush and a, a kill, and it can turn it into a trade or vice yeah. versa. Because mm-hmm. you so might not. The, the implications not. can be quite significant well, for something that no one really thinks about I, or hadn't until now. I will be installing this mod to give it a whirl and see if it affects my gameplay especially if you're doing a, a rush like if you're rushing in a club and your port side or your left side are weaker do you then try and angle where you use your right side first type of thing but does that even help in the they shoot you on the right side i feel like you get shot on the right side sometimes and you lose left side stuff like you get hit in the nose but your engine gets knocked out yeah so I'd, I'd love to see the hitbox mechanic behind it as well then, well, let, let's let's hope Escape from Tarkov can make a mod that shows that. No, that. But yeah, I I don't know where what we can do to fix it. We we've had it for seven years. I don't think it will be changed. I think it's just an awareness thing. But I I do agree with you, gentlemen. Especially if you're looking at competitive, saying you're esports ready, you can't have rng hit points on your vessels that you build for like you can have rng in shots you can have rng in spreads and other things but when, when it's coming down to your equipment and that you prepare for the game they should be a set value that you can rely on well i mean it means everyone is not playing the same ship every right. club is not the same club no one might have double the torpedo hp than the other just because of rng it's like that that is not something you're controlling equipment captain skills that is all under player control but well this brings in things like preventative maintenance that gives you 50 percent extra hit points on your thing becoming even though it's a one point captain skill that that becomes a lot more important for some vessels maybe um if, if this stays in the game i would like to see things other consumables because torps solo hit points I think we should then look at things like Hydro, Def AA, and Radar consumables being able to have a hit point pool in certain areas and be able to be knocked out as well. Silence. I'm I'm still just I'm I'm still just trying to wrap my head around why this is a conversation and a mod we even need. I mean, I couldn't have really agreed more with what's been said. It doesn't make sense from a gameplay perspective it's, it, it's a mod that we don't need don't get me wrong it's not like a mod that we have to have but well no what i'm what i'm saying is is that this problem shouldn't exist and ergo the mod shouldn't correct, exist. but here correct. we are with both of them 
Correct. Everyone just assumed that everyone, like, I'd have a thousand hit points or two thousand hit points per torpedo tube or something like that. You just assumed that they were universal for each tube, and same with. Yeah. But um, the the mod showed otherwise. There is some math mathematics if you go look on the Reddit post. Um, there is mathematics on how these hit point values are determined in the RNG. So it is it is pretty interesting. I, I don't know if there's been any official reply. I, I don't venture to Reddit as much as Captain Green, so maybe he can see if there's been a reply. No, I won't put that upon him. I'll follow oh, that one no. up. <laughs> um, no, I'll, I'll put my gas mask on and go into the Reddit. That'll be great. Do we, uh, do we want to take bets on if they allow this mod into uh, Mod Station? Oh, it's are. not in Mod Station at the moment. I, 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 I tell you what, I don't run Mod. I used to run Mod Station, but they sometimes have update issues. And to be honest, some mods that I actually do enjoy aren't in there. I don't run many mods. I run things like Consumable Monitor, um, Battle Expert, and like the Shot and Score Timer at the top, and like things like How Long a Radar's Been On or I'm Detected Since Firing My Guns, etc. But some of those mods aren't in mod stations, so I run Aslands. And um, I'm sure this mod will be in there. I uh, I don't run mods. Mods are a crutch. Yeah. Mods I've heard are good crutch. players don't need them. Oh, look, I've seen some very good players not use mods at all, so... I'm one of them. I said, I said good players. Oh, sorry, I just heard players. <laughs> no, Greeny, Greeny can be a very, very good player. I've seen him carry when he is making strange noises on his Twitch stream, but he has carried sometimes his team to victory. You know, other, part, of other time. Why, part of the reason why I don't mind Raggy on Green is because he is a good player, but he's always, like, when he's playing, he's always doing something else or paying attention to something else. And it's like, oh, right, I'm playing a boat, too. Oh, I got <laughs> struck. Yeah, no, there's times where people are like, hey, Green, can you shoot this daring? Yeah, sorry, I was looking at the other side of the map. I was looking at porn on Instagram. Sorry, let me let me get my guns Earmuffs, over. earmuffs. Oh, earmuffs, earmuffs, earmuffs. Dang it! <laughs> Not that that's I was a looking, swear I, I was looking at advanced mathematical equations. On Reddit. Oh, that's, and, yeah, that's it. Yep. Green loves advanced mathematical equations. Um, yeah, so, oh, look, I, I, I will run that mod just to maybe run one stream, say if I run one particular DD, just to see what the variation is upon the load um, for each one, because that's the only way you're going to get real data on those yeah. things. Yeah, so I'll, I was... to, to wrap this up, like, I'll just half disagree with you, where when we were talking earlier about it being a, like, it's not a needed mod, I would almost say that like there are certain mods that are mandatory for competitive in my opinion um score timer being one of them uh because yep, field monitors is probably another one especially if you're doing any sort of calling um i honestly think if you're a competitive destroyer player you need to be running this because it i need to know for example if i'm in a club air if i can get away with a rush or if there's a risk that i don't get it off yes um, I believe Optics used the word handicapping yourself on Zath's stream when we were doing replay reviews regarding mods. Why would you deliberately choose not to run something that gives you yeah. additional information? I, I, I don't begrudge people that don't want to run mods. I run mods because I find that they give me information. It's not to improve my gameplay, but they give me information 
um, score timer. Who, like if you're going to win on one cap, you stay dark and you run type of thing. Um, yep. Recording of hit points, so roughly you know what a ship's hit point is, whether they get a heal. Or if, that, if they're a DD that doesn't have a heal, you know they're very little, so you could say they're about 2,000 hit points type thing. Um, there are really useful mods, like a radar timer. So if you're radar, do you know what's radaring? You, you can see how long it's been running for. Same with hydro and shot timer. Like when I shoot my guns, it counts up to 20. So I roughly know when I'm going to go dark. Yeah, so this will be a mod I'll run, Greeny. Greeny won't run it. So anyway. This is largely an information game and a lot of mods just give you better information. Correct. It, actually, let me rephrase that. It is all information that is available to you without mods in the game. It just makes it more accessible yep. and more quickly accessible. Who here has pre-installed... Like Okay. I, you can go and do the math on, oh, we have these caps, they're ticking at this rate, therefore we're on one cap. But that takes a lot longer than just running score timer and seeing what the timers are. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, it's World of Warships kind of like the real world. You could navigate using a GPS or you could navigate using a sextant. Um, and a lot of mods streamline things and make it a bit more like a GPS, if that makes sense. Yep. So, who here has run the My Little Pony mod? Put your hand up. Y'all can't see this, but I'm looking at Green, and his hand is up right now. Does <laughs> a My Little Pony mod? What? Jack, don't deny yet. If you've run Aslan's, you've probably seen it in there. I haven't. I haven't run Aslan's. Oh, uh, well. Too, too For which I think I'm going to consider myself blessed now. <laughs> All right. Now, this week we have a new vessel in the game. There is an in-game web portal, the Inca Trail, that we talked about a few um, podcasts ago. But we have a new Tier 8 Pan American vessel, the Almirante Grau. I probably have mispronounced that, as I'm renowned to do. She's a flagship of the Peruvian Navy. Um, third ship bearing this name. So she was purchased from the, the Netherlands. She was a... Uh, the cruiser de Reuter was... was laid down in 1939 and she was the flagship of the Peruvian Navy for 45 years um she was last artillery cruiser ship belonged in the Navy we talked about this the other week really where they tried to make her into a museum ship in the 2000s yes I was just going to mention that if you didn't so yeah like I, I, I'm amazed that this vessel from 39 had such a long history so I'm glad that she's in the game you're unaware of it she has four by two 152 millimeter guns at stock seven second reload from memory she has no torpedoes she comes with hydro def aa um, she has heap um, she has no heal she does have a very unique f button or funny button so whilst you're dark or not detected your funny button ticks up the man and um when you press f to fire at dds or anything that's just dcp'd <laughs> bbs your guns fire 66 percent faster for 30 seconds gentlemen what, what are your thoughts on um this particular boat i think it's going to be very interesting to play once i get my hands on it I, I, do, I um, do have this boat. I don't. Why do you have this boat? How'd you get it already? Um, thank you to Wargaming uh, providing their CCs with um, boats. Now that must be nice. Yes, it is. I, um... I, for one, am happy to see 
the funny button moving like I kind of like the concept of it being based around your concealment. I I don't know if I'm going to like that long term, but I like that now. I've I I just want to interject. I played a lot of the I ground out um, for the mission chain for an American cruisers up to the San Martin. So sometimes trying to always hit things to get your funny button to kick up could be difficult because things would go dark early on and it wasn't the easiest thing to always do. So having an ability that that will, will load go load up as you dark and you can fire as long as you're not detected, it will tick up. So I, I having even a smoke DD drop smoke for you, you could fire your guns and this thing ticks up because I was firing behind a rock on stream yesterday and it was still ticking up whilst I was dark. So you don't have to be gun quiet, just undetected. And the the ability to just rain HE or AP is phenomenal. She's she's actually a bit of fun. Can I uh can I come back and say one other quick thing here? Sure. Uh, hi, it's just uh, Captain Green cutting in the the big camo sucker who loves camos. Um, the in- the ancient totem camo for the admiral admir ad- for the growl uh, is incredibly beautiful. Uh, it's vibrant. It has purples, blues, pinks, blacks, golds. Um, it, it, I just am looking at it for the first time. I didn't even know we were getting a, a, a camo like this for it. It is genuinely a very beautiful camo. Obviously, it has some Aztec and, and some uh, Incan heritage and, and inspiration, and it is it is genuinely beautiful. I didn't know I didn't know if that was going to get brought up, and I know that I always you know I have a little bit of a tendency to bring up that I like the big over the top camos, and I figured I'd live up to expectations. Is it no, perhaps because you are also big and over the top? What do you mean by that? Nothing at all. I think all. he said it. I think that's what he means. No, but I, I want confirmation. My my think me cannot comprehend <laughs> idioms or whatever that is. Yeah, I mean it in, in an entirely loving way. You're getting punched in June. I figured that was already happening. Are you getting <laughs> up in June? Potentially. That's that's all we that's all we need to discuss here. I don't want to bring my personal life onto the podcast here. Apologies. I don't want to be I don't want to be swarmed by by guests. That's really what it is. <laughs> or swarmed by uh, admirers. Be like that happens. Elvis true, running around getting underwear thrown at me. I don't want to be like that. A true celebrity among us. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about um the boat, she does have she has good enough a AA. I think it's got six puffs. Um and she has a decent enough hydro. No torpedoes. I would love to that it had torpedoes. But would this be a boat that you would potentially look at? Yes. It, it's it's interesting, as Obi said. I really like the shift from the funny button um, perspective. Not just being something that you pop and you get more rounds per second, per se. Like a little DPS burst. Um, in terms of being based on hitting targets and shooting. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to be chasing. If I get it, I get it. But on paper, it just doesn't really get me too excited. That's going to be really fun. Um, I Like Obi said, I I like the new concept for the uh, the funny button. My big concern is that it's going to be like... Um, 
like Dead Eye was, where the the thing itself isn't bad for the game, but what it causes players to do becomes bad for the game. So if players use this, you know, tactically and, you know, get into like creative positions with it and, you know, nuke a DD or something along those lines, like great. If, however, they stay dark the whole game because they feel like they have to constantly, you know, charge their, uh, charge their F button, then, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be good. Because at that point, why even be in the game? Well, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just say, if, if you can get that, there is a Inca Trail mission chain where you, you can collect um, in-game currency tokens, Inca coins. They can procure the boat for that with the RNG chance. I don't like the RNG chance, but that, that is one method. You can buy it outright with a lot of other goodies, like an Admiral pack, but that, that is quite pricey. Um, I was going to get Greeny. I was Greeny. I was going to buy the boat right now, but the Admiral pack is is very exorbitant. Yeah, no, I I, I greatly appreciate the offer. Um, I, I it's it is a boat I am going to try my hearts out to get, but uh, I'm saving money right now, so I'm probably not going to be able to throw all that much money at the events, and I don't quite know how the web web kind of thing works. I don't know if it rewards you with tokens. I don't know what it gives you. So we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. Yep. Alrighty. Now, uh, this isn't. We we we've done boats we love, uh, boats that we hate. Now we we've rebadged it. We've changed it about a bit. Boats we loathe to see on our team, so randoms or ranked, and these are besides submarines and CVs. Otherwise, um, that that is what we would see a lot of replies of. So I, I've, I'm going to go first. <laughs> I loathe to see Zows, um, mainly because I don't trust them. Most Zows I see in ranked or randoms will, for some reason, press W, go broadside when they're detected at 10k and get deleted. I, I, I don't know why they do that. That just seems to be like, it, 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 it's a kiting boat, generally. You can push in, but you don't want to be the first boat in. Um, even though I enjoy Pan America Cruises, I don't like seeing them on my team because most players play them like they're a battleship and they push them in and they die. So I don't like seeing them on my team either. That, that, that's not the boat's fault, that's the player's fault, but because of that, I loathe seeing those two particular boat and line of boats on my team. Greeny? Okay. You, are you ready for this? Because I'm, I'm about to... Your earmuffs. I'm just going to say earmuffs. <laughs> um, if you play in Austin and I see you on my team, there's only two types of Austin players I have ever seen in, in human existence. Um, absolute gods and lobotomites escape from a mental asylum. And unfortunately, a lot of them escape the mental asylum. You ju I just look over and... They're shooting like sap at something 15 kilometers away or whatever, not hitting anything, and then they get dev struck by a Prussian. Or they, they just die. I don't like it. Hindenburgs, for some reason, always sit at the back of the map. I don't like seeing Hindenburgs. They always sit at the back of the map and they mouth off and chat the whole game. Don't like Hindenburgs. Shatsuma. I hate Shatsuma. 
Because if you're if you're a Shatsuma and you're on my team, you get farmed out and die within 35 seconds. If you're a Shatsuma on the other team, God himself guides your shells into my citadel, and I get mad. <laughs> I don't like it. And if you see a German battleship, and if I see a German battleship, I automatically just do not count that, pl- that person as a person. Because... The vast majority of German battleships just get farmed out and then go boo-wop, nobody pushed with me, and then leave the game. Don't you I, play a lot of German battleships? That is besides the point! I tried to get good at Mecklenburg and uh, Prussian for a bit. Then I realized that they are dog water, and I stopped. I went back to Conqueror, the thinking man's battleship. <laughs> I, hate, I hate seeing these boats. I, I hate it because again, I don't know why Hindenburg's at least in my in my like experience, they always just mouth off for no reason, and then they think, oh, my four fires and sixty thousand damage at the end of the game means I was the one carrying my flank. Like I don't care. Uh, stop telling me how to play my Prussian on the other side of the map. Preussen. I don't, don't, like don't, it. don't want to tell you how to pronounce it, but it's Preussen. I don't care. I'm mad. What's wrong with Hindenburg sitting at like lighthouse build range at 19 kilometers with a spotter plane? I can't hit them. <laughs> so it's, not oh, the, it's a skill issue. It's a Shut skill up. issue. That's so not the one on your team, but the one on your team misses everything. Yeah, the one on my team can't hit anything. It's I have Helen Keller on the Hindenburg in my team, and the other person's John Wilkes Booth. That that's what happens. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with Allegedly. Shatsumas. Allegedly, the, oh, John Wilkes. Like, before we go into I, Chuck, I, I've, I've got to agree with Greeny. Like, I played a DD on stream the other day, and there was broadside BBs left and right. I had a Georgia, and I was watching his shells. They, they were, like, half a screen away from broad... I, I'm like, what is he aiming at? Is he aiming at the water behind the ship? Because that's what he's hitting. Probably locked onto a ship behind, didn't even realize. It, it, well, that, that's, that's, that's... I can't help that. <laughs> ah, Chuck... You're up next. Boats we'd loathe to see on our team. Uh, I'm going to start with Asashios. Uh I think it's a fun boat, but the Asashios that tend to end up on my team either sit at 20 kilometers throwing out torps, being utterly useless, or inton and die in the first 20 seconds because they don't have guns and they just do DD things. Uh, Jinan, much the same. The, the pan, <laughs> Pan-Asian cruisers, the made of Tissue paper and they get Green, Greeny's favorite. Greeny's favorite boat is the Jinan. I actually I also edited hate it. Playing in games where there's just torp soup getting thrown all over the place, just no fun. Well, you don't like torp soup from a, the best tier ten DD, the Jinan. They can stealth torp and torp reload and just go in the circle and send deep orders out to every compass point. Yeah, it's almost like it was the the test run for the Brisbane. I don't know. Or the oh, bring back uh, the Kitakami. Yes. Uh, Plymouth. Not a big fan of Plymouth. I've never seen anyone play Plymouth effectively. Uh, they just feel like a, a, a useless ship uh, when they're on my team, at least. Gibraltar, much the same. I know they're two steel ships, but I, I don't know. Uh, steel and RB, but just never seen them be functionally useful. And then finally, Dutch CVs. I hate them. People just sail them up to a rock and just use airstrikes. It's like they don't even have guns. So. I enjoyed your little slip there where you call them Dutch CVs. Exactly, see? Maybe he knows something we don't. Uh-oh. But yeah, no. Dutch don't CVs. Like, don't, 
don't like seeing Dutch things on on my screen, and not just because of the Austin Powers reference. You don't like stripping waffles? No. Chuck, he's anti-Dutch. I'd just like to amend what Chuck said. The Jinan is perfect in every way, and anybody who does not like Jinan players is just low IQ. I, I've got, I've got to say, Chuck, I enjoy the Plymouth. I've had some amazing games and carries with her. But as you said, it's it's what you generally see. I, I can't. This is both we loathe because I hate the Zell, and you could be an amazing Zell player. So yes, I understand most people will delete dying that. Yeah, it's not yeah, even. I try those... to separate the person from the ship. Yeah, it's not the person playing the ship. It's you just see the the ship on your team list. And you go, Dinkelberg. Uh. It's like this is either going to be a hard carry by an amazing player, or the guy's going to go pop inside four minutes and moan the whole game. Yeah, I, I love the ones that die first and then try and give you advice. Or where was yeah. my support? You walked up the middle of the map in a Mecklenburg, oh, we're not and mind you died. Readers. We're not mind readers. Um, Obi, uh, I'm glad you corrected what was there previously. Someone had changed Obi's ship types. Yes, uh, the real answer. The real answer to the question. I'm gonna absolutely piggyback on uh, Chuck's previous, like most recent answer of Dutch cruisers. Um, I just don't think they're in a really good place because they're so niche, and most people either. Hey, I mean, again, in, in a competitive mode where you know the map, sure, there are some places where a Dutch cruiser shines. However, in random battle, hence the word random, if you get ocean, you're in trouble. So <laughs> 95% of the time, I really don't want that Dutch cruiser um, yeah. on my team. And then, again, looking through my lens of destroyer main, unless I'm in the Elbing... I don't want to see another Elbing. <laughs> I, I understand that one. Yeah, El Elbings are inherently a very selfish destroyer. And they're a little more challenging to play open water. You can, and you can certainly build AFT because of the incredible ballistics and accuracy those guns have. But if I'm like in a cruiser or a battleship and I see an Elbing on my team, I'm willing to bet that guy or girl doesn't really play that thing open water sometimes like they should. So they're going to be smoked up. I'm going to have to create the vision and it, it just makes everything harder. Most Elbings don't play like destroyers. They play like cruisers. Or if they play like a destroyer early on and try and cap and contest, they're yes. dead very quickly. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, German destroyer must have hydro. Oh wait, doesn't. Um, and then the last one is Yoshino and I think Yoshino is a fine ship. I think it it is, you know, kind of brain dead to play. But the problem is, is it's kind of brain dead to play. So it was really bad when we still had friendly fire on because those 20 KMs from the back line would hit you with no notice of your own team. I always managed to dodge the enemy 20 kilometers, but the ones coming from my back, those are the ones that uh, always seem to catch me. But even now that friendly fire has gone, I just, they don't seem to help much. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's kind of that's on my list. No love for Japanese and uh, Dutch cruisers, it seems like. Oh, Greeny, Austin's. I, well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Optics. Optics has a small thing. Yeah, list short here. list. Short list. Yeah, short list. Um, but before my list, uh, funny enough that you mentioned about the, uh, 
the L-Bing. Not quite the L-Bing, but when I was grinding that line, it was tier 8 ranked, and I was playing the Merker in ranked to get rid of it. Um, and there was a night where I kept getting Rifer on my team every single game. And to be fair, we won most of those games, but I'm sure he was very annoyed with me. <laughs> no, no. I, I Look, I, I understand that, that I respect... I know when there's going to be a good player in a DD, and I can trust that they'll play to that DD. The Z31 was a piece of crap at tier 7, but the Merker at 8 got better. And... I, yeah, I skipped, I skipped the Z31. Yeah, I skipped to 8. Don't skip uh, it. Suffer, me, suffer with the rest of us. For me, it's the obligatory submarines and CVs mentioned, but for uh, specific CVs, I'll, I'll say like Saipan. I think seeing a Saipan is just painful. Um, you do have like the tier 10 planes, but they're gone so quick and most players just eat a ton of flag and just are deplaned by, you know, the fifth minute of the game. Um, all, the, all the squishy stuff like Pan-Asian Cruisers, Gibraltars, Austins, Plymouths are just, they can be really effective, um, especially if you know what you're doing, but... Especially Plymouth's name, Ducky Shot, you put in here. Yeah, yeah, we, we love some Ducky Shot Plymouth. Uh, I think that's pretty much all he plays in rank these days. <laughs> um, And then I'll, I'll do a, a special super ship mention. Actually, no, I forgot one. Z44. I hate Z44 so much. Is that, that... is that the 6K one? The 6K top one with the gun built build? Uh, no, that's the Z35. The 44 uh, the, is the pure torque boat, right? Oh, the yeah, the, yeah, 5.9 armored I love that boat. I love that boat. Really? Yeah, I love it's spamming torps. Just, just play Yugumo or a Venom or something better. <laughs> but, <laughs> play anything? <laughs> I, no, no, next time we div up, I'm going to bring a Z44. Oh, God. Uh, and then for specifically super ships, I, I think the Klausmits and the Humphreys are just like, well, you, could you have just brought anything else? I, I I like I like the Coswoods, dude. Don't you like Big Hindenburg? That's all it is. It's oh, big Hindenburg. It's worse Hindenburg. It's big though. It has bigger guns. It's it's better. That means it's better. You think the guns go up to two ten millimeters from two or three? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you they go up to two of ten from two or three, which, which gets you all the difference in the world for yep. less reload. <laughs> I <laughs> I enjoy the Humphreys. I have great games with them, but um, I didn't mention it, but. Uh, Generally, if I see a Kunming on my team as a super ship, I usually roll my eyes um, just because it's got poor detectability and doesn't have a funny button. And unless unless they're just spamming those deep waters, the three sets of deep water racks and their reloads, if it's first dead, um, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like if you have a a Kunming playing behind a traditional destroyer, it just wrecks an entire flank. It's like if pushing into that is just impossible. Yes. Um, and then specifically for Humphreys, like, yeah, it's not terrible in and of itself, but it, you've it just, just feels had, like you've a had worse experience. Yeah. Well, no, it just feels like a worse gearing. So it, my my sort of rule of thumb here is, if the tier eleven or the super ship is worse than the tier ten, just why are you playing it? That's fair enough. Seems like that. What makes it what makes it worse in your eyes? I, I have absolutely no knowledge. Of the uh, it doesn't get a ledge mod, so oh, it's back okay. at concealment. 
Oh, fair enough. Doesn't yeah, it also it's... lose the plate that the gearing has? Yeah, it doesn't yes. have a plate. It's much less maneuverable, worse detection. I, I've I've played the Humphreys and the gearing. I hate the gearing because it just way it takes damage in its hitboxes and saturations. I find the Humphreys takes damage better. Really? Yes. I have a simple solution. Shrimply don't take damage. Mmm. Mm. Enlightened. Enlightened. This is why See, I've been is... told, as a non-DD main, I've been told, just don't take damage. This is why we got to internationals. You, we, this did, is... we took less damage than they took. This is illustrating why Chuck always ends up in the... In a brain-dead cruiser battleship! In, in the very corner of the map. <laughs> He's not... Chuck would have excelled back when the economy used to be where you used to pay credits for every gun salvo you did. So oh, there would God, be players, yeah. if you played in the early days, you'd have Nagados that would pour on credits. So it'd be an A1 not shooting their guns, even if the game could win, going, I can't afford to shoot anymore. I'll run out of credits. Oh, no. Chuck's just silent. Fair enough. And. Moving on, we have a um, special segment from Greeny this week. Yes. Now, for those of you who didn't know, we had a little bit of an event going on here called COTS. Um, Bog Z did very, very well on North American COTS, and we made a showing at um, Internationals. You did well for International I was cigarettes. there. I was... I'm not going to say something, but I, I could have just said something. Um... We did better than another NA team. Ah! Not meant to say that. Um, but I, I did want to... I was there for all the games, but I know Griefer was asking for updates, and a few of the podcast, uh, good old podcast boys were asking for updates as well. So I figured um, I'd ask a few kind of open-ended questions here. Let, let your guys' mouth run a little bit and, and just kind of let the juices flow. Um... Is that okay? Is that, that's fine. That's is that fine. Okay. I'll, I'll go first. I played COTS on NA, and um, we, we had a wonderful time. We finished um, top 16. Um, we did zero scrims. We did zero practices. We did zero planning. We did some maps a couple of hours before the games that we looked at, and sometimes we did well, and sometimes we didn't. So we had a great experience going on the um, smell of an oily rag. Hmm. If if that makes if that makes you feel bad, before Blep Cots, we watched videos of trucks going through bridges that were too short for them. <laughs> for like three hours. We were supposed to do maps and then I found a four hour compilation and we just watched trucks driving into underpasses. Can you send me that? That sounds pretty motivational. Yeah, it's all from the same bridge too. People keep driving into it. Oh, we've got bridges like that where I am. Like we we've got a bridge yeah. that's got a counter next to a day's hit since a truck's driven into it. It's always on zero. Uh, yeah, give it a take. It's like it's the most well-known bridge in this city, and like buses, like buses drive into it. They're not a mount mountain. Like the whole roof is ripped off. It's like oh, yeah. I thought I could make it, even though it's got like four, like four layers, like a kilometer out that you hit in going. Get, you, your vehicle's too low, and you can hit it. They're yeah metal things. They go bang, bang. They drive into these, then drive into the bridge still. Yeah, they they have lasers that will let you know and stop you if you're too like tall for the bridge and U-Haul still just rip the absolute roof off of the truck going through there and stuff. It's really funny. It's anyway. Cause, it's because they assume it's like gas tanks where it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm on empty, but there's a little bit left underneath the gauge. 
Yeah. <laughs> engineering surely, engineering doesn't work that way. Oh, surely I, I could just have, squeeze under. I, I may no. have hit the warning post, but surely the bridge itself is a little bit taller. Yep. So I've I've done my cuts. I, I'll do I'll, before we go into it. I'll, I'll do my personal highlight and favorite game. Um, I I liked I cast a lot of the Asia groups, and I was really impressed with a group called Tsuki. And especially when they would bring one BB to a lot of their games on the Asia one. And in the internationals, I saw them uh, defeat KSC with one BB, some French heavy cruisers. And uh, like they bring lineups, and the, they, most teams wouldn't bring, like, they, they people would go, you bring one BB, you're gimping themselves. But they they didn't stop pushing. It's not like they went to an island. They, they just constantly were mobile. Um, they played well. They like Shimikazes for Visions. They just drove anything off. They played really, really well. So, watching their games were um, pretty good highlight for me. Anyone else? Or hello. Which which of those specifically did you want us to answer? I think I got a little confused. Um. Oh, well, so I was. I was. I was just kind of going to naturally go through them. Oh, sorry, Greeny, uh, yeah, I, I, I jumped in. You, you go then, Greeny, with your um. <laughs> that, that's 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 fine. Um, well, I'm going to take this a little bit quickly because it's getting to Obi's bedtime. We'll we'll, we'll pull through this a little quickly last. here. Hey, I'm going to bed right after this too. I got work tomorrow. Boomer. Shut up. So, um, what what was your guys's each of your favorite games to play? What do you, what what do you think was, you know, which games do you think had the best roller coaster of emotions? Which games did you enjoy the most? Stuff like that. Um, for me personally, I the, it two stand out. I really liked our second series against No Cap mm -hmm. because I think I mean they they kind of took it to us the first time and. I, we went into it with a bit of a vengeance and you know those of us that um joined bonks late uh like last year we had a bit of a history with no cap and so it's kind of fun to to see all them again and we have some cots history with them uh, that being said not only did that happen uh the the resin series was awesome really liked the resin series and uh, that was a really fun series of games to play. So those those were my two. What about what about the other two gentlemen who are, who have been quiet? And you can I hope you don't hear the toilet flushing. Oh, no, we do. No, oh, God bless. Do you want to go first, Doctor? Oh, uh, you can go. Yeah. So um. I'd say I, from an enjoyment perspective, the KSM series, it felt the series where we were just the most put together, clinical and clean in our execution. I mean, I think the the result of those games kind of showed that. And then obviously Roller Coaster of Emotions and everything was obviously the, for me, as Obi said, the, the second no-cap series, because that was kind of the, the must-win series to, to achieve the 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 goal of what we set ourselves when we went in, which was to to qualify for internationals. Um, so having to go into a game three, which is, you know, winner takes everything uh, game was, was quite intense. On the, obviously on the heels of guarding, um, having them, you know, 
beat us pretty comprehensively the previous uh was it day or the previous weekend i can't remember yeah i think it was the i think it was the previous weekend so there was there was extra skin in the game that time around as well Mm. yeah i'll uh i'll just echo that same no cap game like that second series with them um i think we got really overconfident when we faced them the first time in the group stages um and it really bit us and then it, it was a good feeling to know that we could buckle down and, and actually get it done after that. Um, and then also the other series, I guess, would be uh, the first round of playoffs, like the round of 16 games against uh, Resin. Um, I think Resin is one of, if not the team that plays us the hardest all the time. Um, so to come out with a win from that series was really big, and it it kind of gave us a momentum to get through the brackets. Mm. Yeah, I watching from my my perspective from you know the Discord channel when I wasn't at work, I I I'd, I'd have to agree the the no cap was a was a, a nice palate cleanser uh, after the the previous set against no cap. That was very nice to watch. And again, the the resin series because as as much as everybody likes to joke that 07 is dead and, and doesn't exist anymore, um, a lot of those players went to resident epoxy, and it, they're still a, a a team to beat, most definitely. So that that was still a, a very good series. What would you guys say were personal highlights uh, individually, not you know within the team? Was there ever a moment you're like, wow, I, I got away with that, or you know, you carried a game or something? I escaped one game with like 400 health, which is always kind of a pucker factor, mm. uh, especially at, at our level is kind of a big deal uh, because it's so important to, you know, live. Uh, so that was fun. We also had a certified OB destroyer moment. Um, so that was kind of funny. Um for those of you that don't know, I tend to have a history of hitting destroyers with multiple blind torpedoes and then being A-OK just fine. So that happened um, annoyingly. And yeah, that was just funny because everybody kind of thought it happened and then it did. So it's humorous. I always enjoy those little moments. I play this game for the memories and the people. That's right. <laughs> about you mr wamu um yeah i don't know my personal highlights i don't know i think the roles i was playing this cause weren't necessarily glamorous and prone to to great highlight reel uh moment um but one of the ones i i did enjoy was um uh, i've lost it i forgot already um having a boomer moment here it was probably the resin game, I think, on loop, where I was uh, sent off on a flank by myself um, and was harried the entire game by a Worcester Haru ledge club and, and basically had to just walk away the entire game um, and managing not to, to guzzle torpedoes from a destroyer that I had very little idea of where he was. But yeah, um, that's probably where it was for me, personally, at least. Fair enough. <clears throat> Uh, I this is probably a little unhealthy, but uh, I I honestly cannot think of like the good moments that I had. I 
just end up focusing so much on like the mistakes that I made. Um, like I right, fully they, understand they, that. I feel that yeah. way as well. Like, I, yeah. I I remember the mistakes a lot more and a lot more clearly than I remember like any specific good thing. Okay, well we we can spin this around and turn this into a negative point. What was your biggest <laughs> mistake, Optics? You uh, wanted to bring uh, you turn it around like that. There we go. The first no cap series, actually, and this is another reason why it felt so good to beat them the second time around. But on the first no cap series in our Warriors Path game, uh, there was uh, I was in a shema and I ended up eating a a Brisbane torp. Speaking of those Brisbane torps, like it's actually one of the hardest things to deal with on a Brisbane is just the torps feel like they come from unexpected angles, just the way they launch off the ship and like the timings, they don't make a lot of sense in, in terms of like what you're used to. Um, so like, I know a lot of our Brisbane's hit torps on, on enemy destroyers. And then like, I had a lot of close calls with Brisbane torps and like in the snow cap game, I did end up eating one. Uh, it turned me in instead of out. And then I just like, I was probably less than two K HP after the torp hit. And, uh, got caught out by radar after that and that was pretty much it that basically put that game on um put us on the back foot from the beginning of that game so and i think that was the first game in the series so that kind of like set the tone for the whole series that's fair enough we'll circle back around here well, no, no, they, they wanted to be they they all affirm negative we'll go back through the negatives they can all self-flagellate <laughs> themselves Chuck, what was your biggest what was your biggest mistake? Um, signing up. Probably say one of my most glaring uh, mistakes that I felt was against Elsa on loop in the brackets. Um, same basic strat as the resin game. Uh, I thought it was safe for me to kind of maybe take a little more ground on the kite rather than running off the map. And uh, lo and behold, there was the same Vincent there. Uh, that I did not know was there, and he caught me uh, mid-turn. Um, and yeah, 46,000 of my hit points disappeared. And it meant that I got farmed down far faster than intended, and kind of threw the timing for the team off. And, and that felt like a very, very large misplay on, on my part. I was uh, not very happy. And then, you know, there's been other games where you're playing DM or Salem, and you you think you're behind a rock, and you can chew, and you get lit and the battleship takes a snapshot and then you know 30 kg through the nose um just small things like that or big things uh that just uh, are annoying when you think you you're safe and you're not so things like that um happened in one or two games uh you know if asked to do it again i would like those moments back oh we always like those moments back when we stuff up yeah so mine i think it was in the first stcn game um in international i was playing radar yy which is something i'm very comfortable in and there it just it just kind of fell apart that series i wish we'd played them better i i think we could have played them better they thought we could have played them better and it kind of fell apart well it started to fall apart when i i died and i contested a cap um the a cap and I mean, we knew that there was a gearing in the area and I was at full health and contested it, took some chip damage, but I burned my radar on the way in 
to push everyone off. And and because that was I was called to do that. In hindsight, you know, the capping destroyer should manage the radars of of both his own ship and the support ships. But I backed in, burned my radar, caught nothing. So I couldn't use my radar next time because obviously when as soon as I touched the cap, I got radar by the enemy Brisbane. So this I backed off. Warrior's path. Yeah, Warrior's Path. So I pulled off the cap and then started to back in again. And I didn't have my radar, but the friendly R Brisbane did, but he was too far away to support me. And and the gearing face checked me when I had like two seconds left on the cap, managed to reset me. I tried to tank it because I only had about 10 seconds left to cap after the reset. Well, the gearing had dumped his torps and it was undodgeable. He even messaged me after the game and was like, dude, that was so lucky to get that torp spread. There were two stacked on top of each other, the perfect width, spaced perfectly. I just couldn't dodge. I ate both torpedoes. I'd already burned my DCP to get my engine back and, and kill a fire and flood it out. And and it was just I just it was awful. I I hated that series. I hated that game. And yeah, such is life. If I've I've got a negative as well if I can add one greenie. Oh, go go Does ahead. Does it involve a golden loo? No, no, no. That's that's not a negative. That was a fun meme. Um, Is it Mr. Mayhem dying in two seconds in an athlete? No, that 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 that's just that just happens. You know, you can't can't alter okay. facts. Um, so do you know when? Um, did I mention we we didn't much scrim or practice or do things like that? Yes. Um, so we suddenly change our plan from a Worcester to being a Radar Minotaur on one of these maps in the group stages. And, um, oh yeah, let's build it for Radar, put the Radar module and do all of this, do all of this. Um, with the legendary gearing, we're pushing Islands of Ice against two Clebears. And it's like, oh, puppy Radar. Guess which consumable I had loaded, because I literally oh, no. outfitted it mm. two seconds before the game. Mm. Uh-oh. Extra smoke Oopsie. was very useful. That hurts, man. That hurts. There was yes. Imagine if you could look at your loadouts in the training room. Yeah, no. Look, that that that, that one's always on us or on me because we we looked at it. We left like we were getting the warnings to hurry up, and it's like quickly. We I read it up. I didn't even really check. I just assumed. So it was pretty funny having a radar module extension and radar skill extension with no radar on the boat. Yikes. This, this reminds me of one of our scrims where we uh, throw Obi into the Haru at last minute. We get in the game and Obi's like, I have eight kilometer torpedoes. <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that's odd. It's usually the short ones at the top and then the longer range ones. The, and you always click the bottom one, the upgraded one. But for the Haru, it's the other way around. The 8Ks are the um, upgrade. Yeah, I actually, Shimmer goes 2012A. Yeah, sh Shimmer's like that, but for the ha for most of the others, it usually goes longer. Yeah. I have a I have a pretty bad moment about this too, actually. Ooh, you better I, hurry up. Yeah, I will. I'll go quickly here. I had been watching a whole bunch of the games. Obviously, I want to see how my boys do. Um, last weekend, I was watching. I had an AirPod in, and I had my the Discord stream up on my phone um during my brother's graduation so i'd i'd be listening in and, and watching the graduation and everything and then you know i'd take a peek down every once in a while one of the times my head was down the camera that was recording it for the online stream passed over me oh no and my grandparents immediately called me 
and they were like, why, why, why are you happy for your brother? Why, why are you looking down at your phone? You're always on the phone. And uh, yeah, so I, I got yelled at for that. That was not fun. Uh, poor Grady. Yeah. The worst part about it is I told mom and dad, and she's like, you know, you go, watch your team. You do, you do whatever makes you happy, you man child. And, uh, yeah, no, they just got me like the one time I had my neck fully down watching one of the games. You should have just said that you're praying it for your brother. Yeah, they don't believe that. They don't <laughs> think I, they don't think I pray. <laughs> Obi also doesn't think I pray. Call okay. Me a godless heathen. He, no, he prays okay. for blood for the blood god. Yeah, I, I know that you're secretly an agent of chaos. I'm not stupid. Don't worry about it. What do you mean secretly? True, He's true. openly. Yeah. I've had people start yelling that back at me, which I think is awesome. Mm, concerned. People just people just see me. They see me torp something, and I, I just have a key by blood for the blood god. And then people have started, yeah, 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 yeah. Skulls for the skull throne. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get it. Shut up, Green. It's Shut pretty up, funny. Green. <laughs> it's just random people too I don't even know them alright we're going on to a history section hang on history yes so I decided I, I combed my brain for possibly seconds before deciding what I was going to talk about this week for the history section I decided to, it went through simple, it went through a simple checklist. Does it float? Yes. Does it have a gun? Yes. Is it technically a marine craft? Yes. So this week we are discussing the LTV A1. Or if you're unfamiliar with the distinction, it is the U.S. amphibious tractor tank thing. Um, during the Second World War, and the, the, the years leading up to it, the U.S. Marines were heavily invested in developing light amphibious vehicles that could either get to shore on their own or leave a landing craft yeah. relatively close to shore and get to shore. Because they, from very early on, the U.S. Marines realized the one thing that was going to stop a man in a bunker with a machine gun was a tank rolling up that could not be hurt by said machine gun, blasting it away. Because, um, you know, when you're doing an amphibious operations, you can't just throw men at the machine gun. You know, that's stupid. You can't call in. in Normandy. Ugh. Well, we had amphibious tanks there, but something else happened. There's a reason I'm talking about these, because these are true <laughs> amphibious vehicles. These can, these can fight on the water. They can fight on the land. Were, uh, were these the same tanks in Normandy that people didn't want to go in because they had such a failure rate? No. These are converted. Uh, you guys know what alligators are. Yes. Or it is the well i'm talking about in, in terms of military vehicles it was the um us's tracked amphibious assault carrier essentially so it was a armored box made out of aluminum with tracks and, and it was originally designed to be used in the everglades to rescue people um then the marines saw it and went hey guess what that's really cool and can climb over coral, which there's a lot of in the Pacific, we want 7,000 of these by the end of the month. So it, it's a large amphibious vehicle with a troop compartment in the back and scoops on the tread so it can operate both in very, very 
treacherous land conditions such as you know thick mud um sand all that stuff that can potentially bog down vehicles and it can uh also crawl over like i said coral reef sandbars and stuff which was a big issue in the pacific because you had a lot of amphibious operations that ha that were dictated by where the sandbars were because you couldn't use landing craft to drop off troops on a sandbar that's 100 meters offshore because push comes to shove you have your troops wade through 100 meters of water which is not going to go over well and most often the the water was exponentially deeper on the other side of the sandbar so they couldn't even walk it so these vehicles allowed US Marine the US Marines during the Second World War to crawl over obstacles like that and deposit troops right on the beach. Now, some crazy Marine in San Francisco went, hey, we can't drop our Stewart's tanks off on the beach anymore because the tank the tank carriers have an even deeper draft. They're still getting stuck on the sandbars. So why don't we make the amphibious tank? And the army came up with something or had something in the the design process that was essentially a U.S. Um, kind of like the British floating tank with the little collapsible canvas screen. We're like, yeah, here we go. And then the Marines took one look at that and went, no, we don't want anything to do with this. This is stupid. We're going to be fighting people. This isn't a pleasure craft. It needs to be able to float without a large canvas screen. So they took this turret on the Stuart and put a roof on the amphibian's hull and just turned it into a tank. Now, again, th this, was the, this was incredibly groundbreaking because it allowed the LSTs to dump these potentially up to a mile offshore and where they're far away from you know, uh, coastal fire and, and, and a whole bunch of machine gun fire that could have potentially injured people during the unloading process. These could just drive off the front of the, the ship into the water and float and move with the troops and uh, go to the shore. And it brought the 37 that, you know, the U.S. was used, or the Marines wanted to use for clearing bunkers and stuff. This is a very overlooked vehicle because it was integral for only two to three years because in the later stages of the Pacific conflict, there was a lot more... Uh, the U.S. was got a lot better at landing LSTs directly on beaches and just disgorging Shermans. And at the end of the day, the 75 was leagues better than the 37 in terms of anti-tank and, and anti-fortification capabilities. So this thing got phased out very, very quickly. But it, it was an incredible piece of technology for the two, three years that it was in full use. And I'd argue the most successful amphibious tank during the Second World War. Um, Japan had some pretty good ones, but Japan wasn't really on the offensive by the time they went into production. Russia had the T-37 and the T-39, which were essentially uh, rafts with a machine gun on it, you know, which weren't really tanks. But these, the, the LVTs were vehicles that were capable, fully capable of going across rough water and navigating uh, horrendous terrain at the same time, all in one vehicle. So it, it truly was a revolutionary piece of kit. Fair enough. Yeah. 
Um, it, it had no armor. I just want to put that out there as a, as a tank. Um, I know I typically go into statistics and stuff, but this is more of a, of a I'd argue, more of a doctrinal kind of centric ep episode of the history section, I guess, because it's, it's more of the uh, abilities that this vehicle gave to the U.S. Marines during the Second World War. Um, it had like 12 millimeters of aluminum on the hull and 50 on the 50 millimeters of steel on the front of the turret. Like I said, it was a Stuart turret. But uh, so it, it could not take any semblance of a hit. But during the opening stages, the U.S. Marines kind of rightfully guessed that during those initial few hours of a, of a naval landing, there's not going to be anti-tank guns covering the beach. And it's really just going to be the machine guns nests that are there to deal with troops. And this thing is perfectly capable of, like I said, navigating to the beach with the first wave and dealing with those machine gun nests. Um, it, it truly was a, a very revolutionary vehicle. And like I said, I, I feel like it just gets overlooked. No, that is fair enough. All righty then, um, Mr. Green, it was lovely having you back on, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Optics, Obi, and Chuck, thank you for staying up late tonight. Yeah, for sure, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely, I enjoy it. And um, good luck on the next King of the Sea, and hopefully I don't face you in clan battles, and um, if we do, I hope I win, because, you know, just, just reasons. No, you won't. Yeah, everybody wants to win. That's the nice part. <laughs> Till then, everyone, um, take care, enjoy the boat game, and um, we'll catch you next week. Yes, thanks for having Goodbye. us. Yeah, thanks for having us.